What's up, everybody? Back here for episode 53 of the Pitside Podcast. We're just into the start of our Veterans Charity event for this season, and we've got a special guest this week, special to me personally as well. My Uncle Chuck, or Digger as you'll hear him called, is here to talk to us about uh, Disabled American Veterans, which is an organization he works through as a member of the, uh, or a retired member of the Air Force. And so he's uh, here to talk to us about that, and we'll get started here in just a minute. Welcome to the Pitside Podcast, where we discuss the latest news and developments in the Coast to Coast Racing League, as well as other racing news inside and out of iRacing. Here's your host, the ALA outlaw, Preston Cranmer, and Roger, the Bassman Craig. So we're back again. This is episode 53, right in the heart of our Veterans Charity event. But I'll tell you, last week we talked a little bit about it. But obviously, we were talking about this on, on I guess it was Thursday last week, yeah. about yeah. what was going to happen Sunday with Kyle Larson running for the championship. Um, and, and, you know, we talked about Denny Hamlin quite a bit, which, you know, I went, I, I only saw some of the race. I went into it just hoping, yeah, I hope Denny doesn't win. You know, I, I, I like Chase Elliott. I'm a big Chase Elliott fan, so Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott's fine. Kyle Larson goes out and absolutely dominates again. Ten wins this NASCAR season, the most since anybody did it since 2007 with Jimmy Johnson. Best best racing season anyone's ever had. Hands yeah, down. so yeah, but I clarify. So it's the only NASCAR race I think I watch, other than Daytona 500, probably. It's it's not that I'm not a fan. It's just no time. But uh, I realized that was coming up. Yeah, hey, let's get on and watch this thing. It was. It was what an awesome race, but he. The correction is he didn't dominate that race. In fact, Truex was pretty dominant early on and throughout most of it. But he was always there. In fact, it was very cool. The top four were the the four contenders. Right. And um, but but the awesome part is, yeah, he he was there. He 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 placed himself in a position to win. When when I first put it on, uh, his uh, it was in the early early laps, and his crew chief had made a call putting them back in p32 early in the race when there's wrecks and everything else like it was a risky risky move but uh, by by the next pit stop he was running p5 and then on from there but what a i'm just so happy i, I love kyle larson you know he's just such a an awesome racer and you know uh, i mean you know he's he's evidently he's tony stewart's favorite you know yeah. like yeah, that, so, that's uh, that's been one of the cool things, and and to me, like you're saying, like to me, it just kind of felt like the whole race. Now, granted, uh, like you're saying, he was back early, but it just felt like he was kind of biding his time. Which I I know nowadays NASCAR, that's a little bit what it is anyway. Like you just got to be there at the end. But yeah, but it you know talk about a team win. Oh yeah, you know. So um, for those that don't know, like the last pit stop, he was running fourth of the four of them, comes into the pits. With an all-star team, man, you talk about talk about killing it. Their second fastest pit stop of the season. Like talk about when the crunch is on. He comes in the pits fourth. He goes out first, it, and you that know was what? the race. That that may be, and of course somebody somebody can prove me wrong out there. But NASCAR wise, at least, I'm not sure that you could pinpoint a pit stop that practically won a guy a championship. I'm sure there's one out there, but still that. And especially in this day and age when, when pit stops are all so close, you know, those guys yes. are all yeah. Uh, yeah. within fractions of seconds of one another. We yeah. heard we heard uh, um, our guest last week talk about that. But That's good, yeah. Yeah, but but it's it's it was crazy. And but 
I don't know. I, I'm with you, though. It, it was just good to see him win. It's been a, a crazy comeback story for him. And to come out, you know, we saw what he did when he wasn't in NASCAR, and he dominated the dirt scene. And then he comes out, and he's still winning dirt track races and still winning NASCAR races. <laughs> uh, it's I, I, I will maintain that it's probably one of the best seasons any race car driver has ever had. Um, there's lots yeah. of people saying he's the greatest of all time now. I, I certainly don't think it's you can soon. make that claim. It's too you, soon. you you got to put together several... Yep. Great yep. seasons, but yeah, um, but he's he's, he's a contender, on track, right? Yeah, he's on track, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And but but the best part of that too was uh, the first thing out of his mouth when he got out of the car was, you know, uh, top thanking his the crew. You know, it wasn't like taking all the glory. Yeah. He was the, he was thanking his crew right off the bat. He was high fiving every one of those guys before he did an interview, and uh, it was just it was that was cool to see. You know, that was a, that was a team win, a big big team win. But oh man, what a dominator! It's just what a way to cap off. Just an amazing comeback, and and I saw a picture um, on Facebook of uh, Glenn Styers, you know, doing a selfie with uh, Kyle in the background, and Glenn was a, if not the first, one of the very first to pick Kyle up and support him when things were at the lowest of lows. So um, that was that was very very cool to see. Absolutely, sure. absolutely, and and so one one last point. I'm pretty sure before he could even start thanking his crew. His lady's up there shotgunning a beer. Yeah. Uh, as is tradition. So what yeah. I'm challenging is the next Roger Craig win, and I know there'll be one, despite all the people who say otherwise, I think Lynn needs to shotgun a beer. You will never see it in your life. I have a picture of her spitting out a mouthful of beer uh, up at Calabogie because uh, we convinced her to have a sip because it was maple flavor, and that didn't last long either. It was... Uh, I guess it's a great. It will. I, I guarantee that will not happen. Well, Chugging a diet coke, maybe, but uh, you know. Well, we'll just pretend you issued me the challenge, and if I ever find my way oh. back to victory lane, I'll tell Penny Lee that that's she's on the hook, and we'll we'll uh, we'll get. A well, no, more than that, and we've talked about this uh, in your cart career when you get that first victory. Oh yeah, you've got to be there. It's got to happen. It's got to be uh, recorded, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see that. The whole thing you win or you win a feature and i'm, I'm just you know. i'm I, heck i'm at this point i'll be glad I'll, I'll be glad to get her to do it when i when i start a race because <laughs> I, I i just i just hope you win a feature uh you know before your little guy gets into college that's all I'm just saying well you know, if, eli's got a little ways to go that, yeah I, i'll tell you that he'll be in the cart before that happens so at some <laughs> point i relinquish the seat over to him so it's got to yeah. be before that yes so We've been talking a little bit, and Roger, I know you were mentioning this to me off-air. Um, some of our divisions, um, we're seeing some fluctuations in attendance. I, I don't know exactly which ones those are. We ju did just finish running our Topless Tuesday race. That That's not a broadcast race, and we always expected that one to be a little bit lower. But I would yep. encourage anybody to come out for that. Yep. It's, it's, it's a low-intensity environment we had 11 out tonight we'd, we'd like to see that a little bit higher but it's been a lot of fun the, the midgets and the the wingless sprint cars and um so so that's tuesday yeah. at nine o'clock yeah. yeah come out and get a top 10 i got one tonight there I think. you go <laughs> <laughs> somebody quit i think so <laughs> yeah I, we had somebody quit before it even started so it was officially 10 started the feature you're right yeah so anyways uh so yeah. we, we've got a couple other divisions um do you want to do you yeah, want to mention those i mean uh, we're mentioning this mainly so you guys know get out there and race with us like. yeah the, the the pro late models is really uh you know uh that they need to pick it up because uh i think we had 11 cars last week that's not, not good at all and there, there's a lot of reasons for that um there's a lot of reasons for 
you know, some of the car counts we see mid-season. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I went back historically, there's a drop, you know, there's a drop, but, um, you know, with, uh, the hometown heroes, we were getting car counts of 40. I mean, you know, so now we're getting like 26 or 28, which is down, you know, like it, it was at right. 40. So some of that is, uh, um, mid-season, you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, but slump or whatever. But, um, anyways, we do need to support it because, you know, we, we are heavy into the planning of next season and, um, we need to, uh, you know, we're looking at these numbers. We got to make a decision sooner than later on what, what we may, what we keep running and, you know, what we broadcast. So, um, and, uh, so yeah, we got to, we got, we got some exciting stuff coming though, man. Uh, you know, when we talk about the broadcasting, uh, we've got, uh, for the, uh, and we're going to get into the Knoxville nationals, but, uh, Marty Sakala is going to do, um, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Um, and then, uh, uh, I, I keep wanting to call him vice grip, eh? virtual grip. <laughs> vice grip, virtual grip. Uh, it, it's, uh, so I watched a race they did the other night for, um, uh, the BRL. I think it is. It was a street stock race, uh, Hein and, uh, Spieser and they're beating each other up. Um, they do a crackerjack job. So what we're talking about here is, um, uh, they have a producer. They have uh, two guys in the booth. Um, they run a Zoom meeting during the uh, during the race. So if you want, you join the Zoom meeting, and uh, so when they're following your car, they're they're watching you and your rig driving. Which you know, Gosh. some guys don't want any part of that. I'm gonna but, have to uh, record myself to see if oh. I do anything stupid. It was cool. The, you know, the the one issue was that the one the one kid they were following uh, was in VR, so you, it's kind of. But you know, and he was he was he would talk to him the other time, and then uh, I think he won the race. So they interviewed him, and by then, of course, he had the, the goggles off. But it's, but they were recording through Discord the voice, but you could see you know it's kind of cool. You're looking at the driver, you know. So uh, that that's a nice little twist. So uh, I think we got a we got a couple of interesting. Um, you know, a little twist coming up in the, in the coming season. And, uh, they'll, they'll be on board. They'll be doing the hometown heroes, uh, um, next season. And, uh, you know, um, so, uh, you know, we, we were hoping Joe would do the Thursday nights, but, uh, that, that didn't, uh, pan out. So, um, we're not sure where, and we're not sure what we're doing next season from a broadcast perspective and that. So, uh, like I say, lots of balls in the air right now, and um, things change day to day. Literally, you know, there's uh, there are so many balls in the air, and one affects another. We got another thing, Preston. Uh, we we talked last week about uh, you know your awards night ceremony, and uh, pump for that. That's going to be a great event. And the more we talk about it, the more ideas that keep coming out. It's going to be. But you you do definitely have to wear a tux. I mean, that's. I, I will That's dress up. Happen. I can't promise the tux, but yeah. I, I will dress yeah. up to host this thing. I've I've yeah. enlisted some help to help me produce the show. It's going to be a big deal. Yeah. We're, we're I think I mentioned last week we're finalizing what awards there are. Some of them have already been been being worked on, right? So we're we're yeah. getting we know generally who's in the running for certain things. But next week on the podcast, I will have an official announcement of the different types of awards. There will be it. it don't hold me to this, but I'm pretty certain there's going to also be one 
um, peer voted award as well. So you guys will have to keep an eye out for that because if we want everybody to go vote, you're only obviously eligible to vote once, but it will be fans, drivers, whatever. It's going to be, you know, um, an award decided by the people. Um, so that'll be available for you as well. But we'll give you the full list of all the different awards uh, next week as well. But so that that'll be cool. But I, I'm I'm in the planning stages, and I, I'm reluctant to say too much because yes, no. I want some of it to be a surprise. But we're I promise we're going to do it upright. It'll be a good. Time. So so another just the way these things happen. John Hine and I are up. Well, many nights we're up till about one or thirty or two, just uh, trading. You know, we, we have you in the convo until uh, about uh, eleven thirty or so. That's about like that. right. <laughs> and we get on till about one thirty. Well, John Hine hit another one out of the park last night uh, with an idea. Uh, it's it is just awesome. Everybody's going to really like this. I'm telling you right now. I'm not going to say anything more about it because we've got a whole lot of um, uh, planning to do and organizing to do to make this happen. But the whole concept is just awesome. So uh, something more coming. I know you guys are like, well, just tell. Well, no, I, we want to have some order to it. You know, we need to know how, you know, what, how's the process work and, and how's this. But it's, it's going to be, when you hear about it, trust me, it's cool. So we got lots of cool stuff coming down the pipe for sure, man. And, and this, and, and I'll say, I think one of the reasons it's exciting is because it's another one of those things that I don't think I've ever seen another league do. And, and that's what we love to do. You know, not everything we try is going to be a hit, but we're going to get out there and we're going to no. try things, and I have no doubt about this one for sure. But, yeah. not you know, we're going to get out there and try things and try to make this the coolest league anybody's run before. So that means trying stuff sometimes, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we yeah. see what happens when it happens. Sometimes it sticks, sometimes it doesn't. So we'll yeah. just, uh, yeah. But uh, a lot of it is stuck, like Hometown Heroes. Hometown exactly. Heroes was just such a great concept, and it's just been so popular so uh um it's going to even be bigger and better next year for sure so uh pretty excited about that still don't know the track we're waiting to see what uh iRacing is going to release and you know there's always learners learners learnerville and um um where the hell else are we oh cedar cedar lake they're still in the running because those are good tracks to run at but but there's some rumors about some new tracks coming out so um you know that's Another thing to look forward to is, you know, where are we going to race next season for that? So. For sure, for sure. But yeah. right now, all our focus is on this Veterans Charity event, yes. our Knoxville Nationals that we're running. I, I want to remind everybody, obviously, you're watching this on Sunday or possibly later, the, the Saturday race is over. That was the first qualifier race, but that does not mean it's too late for you to enter. You can still no. go and donate. At this point, it would be $15. You can enter the race, so you have an opportunity to qualify tonight, which is um, Sunday, or Monday night is the last chance qualifier as well. So you don't have to run all of them no. to be eligible for the final night, which is on Tuesday. Now, hey, the- and and we will even even on Tuesday, you know, if somebody come, comes up with their fifteen bucks or more, um, we'll we'll put them in the e main and let them, you know, if they think if they've got the confidence to work their way up and money. So uh, you know, I've said this in a couple other places. But, um, you know, uh, I was told by, uh, uh, do you, did you catch that name? I'm trying to remember now because she's messaged you too uh, from the uh, Disabled American Veterans that every dollar donated uh, uh, turns out to be $40. Yeah, so we, it's like a, a $400 donation. 
Yeah, or or the fifteen dollars is like five to six hundred dollars in donated. So, like, come on out. Like, even if you don't race, you don't need to race to donate. Um, you know, we have a lot of anonymous donors and uh, all sorts of stuff because everybody knows it's a good cause. And the, you know, and a hundred percent of all that money goes to disabled veterans. We've had sponsors uh, just coming out our our wazoo here just to to, to help support this. So expenses are covered. The excess will go to the veterans, just like the the last race. You know, the the excess goes back. Um, so, um, yeah, and uh, and, and I'll, I'm going to bring up the, the the names in a minute of the sponsors we've got, and, and there's still, you know, people are still coming to us. Like one just came up to us last night, so it's uh it, it it's awesome. It's awesome the way the community comes around these things. Absolutely, absolutely. And so I wanted to share the the kind of how this event works. If you're not familiar with the Knoxville Nationals, and I, I have a feeling ninety percent of our league may be, um, but if you're not, it is a very different uh, format for a multi day event. So we do have those first two qualifying yeah. races that are on um, Saturday and Sunday. Those are twenty five laps. They're they're just like our standard races except for being twenty five laps. And so during qualifying for those two races, you get points even during qualifying. So for pole, it's 200 points. And then second place is 198, and it's down two points every spot back until you get to the last person. So you qualify like that, you're earning points. Then you go into your heats. You get points for that too. So if you win a heat, you get 100 points. Then it's three points back for second place, 97 points, and then continues back three points every spot just like that. The other the other interesting point about that is the heats are uh, the top eight are uh, inverted. That's yes. how that's how Knoxville does it. Exactly. Eight, yes. And so. And, it's, uh, and the reason Knoxville does that is because the car counts are so large. They want to put their top tier guys in the back and really put on that great show. So that's what we're going for too. Yeah. Um. You, then you do. Then if we have a C main, B main. Um, there are points available for those two. I, I'm, I should tell you guys that if you want to read this, and it's hard to follow with me just saying it, it is on our website, c2crl.com. Yeah. You can go and click the first link as you scroll down is for our Veterans Charity event, so you're free to read it there as well. Um, but you do earn points for those mains as well, as well as the A main. So what happens with those points is um, the top 16 in combined points from the t- from the first two qualifiers are locked in to the championship A main, and then um, 17th through 26th are awarded the first 10 positions in um, the B main. So after that, everybody else comes back to our last chance, which is called the Hard Knocks event. Um, the top four finishers from Hard Knocks get the 21st to 24th starting spots in the A main. So. Um, all right, now I, I'm a little bit lost, Roger. If where where's the E main come in? So so the those uh, yeah. So Monday night, you get the the last four spots. We've given away the sixteen top sixteen on the from Saturday and Sunday qualifiers, and so then the 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 uh, E main, D main, C main, B main, the top four transfer up to the next division, next division, and then so in the C main, the top four will join. The ten that were assigned from uh, gotcha. you know the, the Saturday Sunday, so um, and they will make up p- positions seventeen to twenty. Okay, so so this is this is why I want to spell this out because frankly it's still a little confusing to me. I have to have these things on paper. 
Uh, I need a yep. spreadsheet. No, no, it, it, it's complicated. That's you know, yeah, you need people what, need to read so they understand. Yes, what threw me is the fact that our last chance qualifier event will actually on Monday night is a really big deal because that puts you directly into the A main for the championship. Yes, is that right? That's or right. Or is it the yeah. Hard Knocks A main? The Hard Knocks A main puts you in the gotcha. in, in into the, the championship top, top four. A main. Get, yeah, at you know. Um, at the back, Got but it. still, you know, you're in the show. You're in, it's 50 laps. Anything can happen, man. So what I'm going to tell you guys, again, is go to C2CRL and read it for yourselves because yes. I know I've done a thorough job of confusing you all at this point. No, but it's, it's hard it's, to explain it. It is, well, but it, it's excellent. Like, it's it's tons of fun because you're, you're having to keep track of your points. It makes it a little tougher on the back end where we're having to calculate them. But, so um, I, I know in real life, you know, um, Dylan Westbrook was, you know, in the Knoxville Nationals. And uh, he was messaging home, you know, like, uh, how many points do I have? You know, because it's pretty complicated. And, yeah. and if, you know, if you ran Saturday, you got to wait till see how the guys do Sunday. Because it right. could be 10 guys come out of Saturday and only six guys come out of Sunday, depending on how many points. So a perfect night on points. We'll talk about that, those first two nights. A perfect night on points would be 500 points. So there's 200 for qualifying. There's 200 for the feature, and there's um, 100 for a heat. 100 for the heats, and so uh, it's got my me screwed up, man, because I cannot qualify worth a damn. So I'm I'm in trouble right off that. Like if you you know you do two laps fast qualifier, that's the equivalent of running a 25 lap feature against 24 cars, and winning. and winning. They're both the same value, 200 points. So it's a, it's a whole different format. It's what makes Knoxville Nationals Knoxville Nationals, you know, and everybody talks about it. So um, yep, that's right. It's uh, it, it's it's wild, man. So it's uh, it should be good. And a, a big shout out to Josh Gerlach. Um, Josh, uh, who's uh, grandfather, I think. Yeah, his grandfather he used to be the announcer. He's in the Sprint Car Hall of Fame. Uh, so Josh is a you know a regular at Knoxville, and I was trying to get all this information, um, and I couldn't get this detailed off of Nashville or Knoxville's website. It was uh, Josh talked to a few people and dug it up for me. It wasn't like he just oh I I have this right here. He he went and did some digging and and got this information for us. So a big shout out to to Josh. Um, so it's uh yeah so I mean we're we're pretty much doing the Knoxville Nationals right down to a T of yep. how they did it. The only difference we're doing is we've got the veterans, the three race veterans league. Uh, they're they're got their own little mini series, and uh, the top qualifier there in points in their series that did not qualify will get a provisional P twenty five. And then that idea you came up with uh, last season, the auctioning off a of provisional, it's just more you know it's more money for uh, uh, you know the dis disabled American veterans or honor house or, you know. It's so it's 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 a great thing. It's a yeah, great thing. And you know, we we really we've been talking a lot about the event, but we, we should really shout them out too. What they do for for veterans in, in our prospect or our respective countries is is incredible. Um and we'll we'll yep. talk about that here in just a yep. minute. But um you know that that's we mentioned it at the beginning but that's that's the reason we're doing all this like we're going to get out and have a good time but this is again we say it every time we do one of these we get out week after week and have a good time and get to goof off and you know you know it's a simulation right but we're playing around and um 
and, and and this is just our way of giving back to other people that that need it really and it's important to our yeah. community and and i think it shows that it's important to our community by the commitment we get from guys season after season between those sponsors um and, and then our drivers and everybody else that contributes yeah yeah and yeah i mean there's even some old guard that are signing up for this that you know have been in the league for a while so yeah it's uh it, it's cool to see uh them come back um I, i'm going to give a shout out now to uh all these sponsors because uh what have i got here uh 10 10 sponsors for this uh, at, at at the time of this like who knows right if others will be coming on but uh cool ray you know um andy piercefield cool ray uh Heating and air conditioning, um, you know, they're they're front and center at the Braves game on this on the scoreboard, and yeah, how about uh, that, you know, yeah, yeah. So he's he's chosen to sponsor them as well as us, which is a nice, you know, that's nice gesture on his part. I, I like to think to the Braves them. heard about what we were doing and just wanted yeah. to get involved. Yeah, that's right. And then that, so but Cool Ray, Cool Ray's always been there for us. Uh, just have. a big shout out, Gambler Motorsports, always there, you know, always there. Uh, Can-Am Racing Team, proud to say uh, that, uh, you know, we're a sponsor of this event. Um, VMR Wraps. VMR Wraps has been there since day one of all, you know, at first time I asked those guys for wraps, they were always, you know, and then they started offering multiple wraps and everything else. I think there's two wraps for this one. Um, so a big shout out to them. Ripka Designs, you know, we talked to Lance last week. See, I've seen, you know, some of his work and uh, I saw Kyle Moon's trophy uh finished and it's just oh, oh my yeah? god yeah so uh kyle buddy you wait till you see that so you need to post something on the lounge when you get it because it is just spectacular um velocity race design you know the ross Corinta and uh and if you know i'm hoping chris sebesky might come out too uh you know he's a pro qualifier now he's easy he's, he's in the big show for the world of outlaws so uh hopefully he can make some time and uh, come out for this uh world of sport podcasts so um you know, Joe Canales is kind of the quiet guy behind all that, but uh, it's uh, that they're excited to be a part of uh, you know our league and everything. And uh, and uh, Joe has just been nothing but spectacular since he's joined the league and come on board. Uh, uh, ABR setups, you know, Alex Bergeron <laughs> setups uh, that they're they've stepped up, and uh, I'm sure I know there will be a lot of boys running Alex Bergeron setups. I know there's a few have already approached them. You know that hey, it's a 50 lap race, and you know it's 15 percent starting, and uh, so uh, they're looking for a custom uh, uh, setup. So uh, you know now, now is he is he donating something? Is that is it a giveaway? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. It'll be uh, it'll uh, I think it's going to be a gift certificate again. Okay. Uh, we haven't finalized that, but he just said I'm in. You know, Alex is pretty busy these days, especially with with those changes that iRacing made and all the old setups were done. So, uh, but he took the time, you know, uh, in amongst that to say, oh, yeah, for sure, I'll do that. So, uh, and here's a new one. This is an anonymous donor. He, he chooses to be anonymous, but he has sponsored every, I think, every charity event we've ever had, always there. Um, and it's a, last time it was Sim Seats that uh, was sponsored. This time it's Battle Beaver. So go check out Battle Beaver. And it's, uh, it's, um, it's custom devices for uh you know gaming and stuff so uh hmm. i think i think it's a company he's invested in and you know he's saying like so it, it's his one way of promoting that and chip banger racing so uh again chip banger racing uh a uh, bunch of guys there that have supported uh you know they're supporting um 
think it's the uh i should know this i i guess the pro late models they're sponsoring it's either that or the dirt mods i can't remember i was which. gonna say i think they're a bunch of pro late model guys which is awesome they right? are Cause, yeah because when yeah. you think about that this is a sprint car event and they're still they're yep. still stepping up and that's that's awesome yeah no it's awesome so that that's who we have to date there could be more come on board um you know there will be uh there'll be a trophy for the winner um there's a well basically cash prizes we 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 do amazon gift cards or iRacing credits only because we don't lose any money doing that so if you if you win a hundred dollar uh, uh for winning it you'll get a hundred dollars it's not like a hundred dollars minus paypal fees and all that sort of crap so um so that's good so yeah it'll be a hundred for the winner um don't forget you know this this isn't a money race this is a charity race so this is a to you know thankful for our sponsors who have provided that money because it's not coming out of the the, the fund everything goes to to the veterans and and like I say we'll still have leftover so um there'll be a hundred for the winner uh fifty dollars for second 25 15 and 10. so uh and then along with that we, we've got you know tons of door prizes so there'll be again some uh, $25 uh, gift certificates. There'll be wraps. Uh, there'll be, uh, you know, a gift certificate for uh, AVR setups shop. So, um, yeah, it's, I can't say enough about the whole thing and the support we get from everybody for sure, man. Yep. It's awesome. And, and it's something, and, and lately it's not been as bad, but we always end up scrambling for it. But, you know, everybody always seems to come through and, I think maybe maybe we panic a little more than we should sometimes, but uh, but maybe we have to. Maybe that's yeah. our job, right? But <laughs> that's anyways. yeah. It's just, it's, uh, it's like you know, a mother with a you know the kids never home on time and uh, stays up late waiting. It's that same anxious feeling, <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly you know, is right. that will will we have enough to? Well, we have enough already, but it's we'll you know we'll put it over the top for a major major event. So yeah, it, and uh, it really it it comes down to us just trying to raise as much money for these charities as we can. Yeah. Speaking of which, I think now is a great time to go ahead and segue over, um, and let's let's talk to to again my uncle Chuck uh, Digger as he goes by most often. Um, he uh, we mentioned at the beginning of the show he he does um, have multiple sclerosis. He works to uh, disabled American veterans. Uh, was a 25 uh, year veteran of the Air Force, and so he's got some cool stories. We don't get a into pilot. Yeah, he was an F-16 yeah. pilot, and I, that's what I told Roger is he's always got a cool story. So um, you're not going to want to miss it. We'll talk to him, and then uh, and then we'll see you guys here back here again for episode 54 here in a week. Thanks a lot. And, en and enjoy the Knoxville Nationals, guys. It's going to be a killer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, look for Roger I'll, on the podium. I'll, I'll see you on the mains on Tuesday. <laughs> Have a good one, guys. Take care. And we are privileged to be here with Digger Davis. Uh, this is uh, Preston's uncle. And uh, I'm going to let Preston uh, take the lead here. Uh, this is going to be, um, I'm really interested in uh, in this session for sure. Yeah, so so I, uh, I'll i start off by saying that I, I obviously knew that, uh, that I, it's going to be weird for me to call you Digger. But... Uh, <laughs> It's Uncle Whatever Chuck, Uncle Chuck for for anybody else. Go. That's what I know him as. But Uncle um, But but didn't realize that he was associated with uh, or, and had worked through disabled American veterans, and so we were kind of planning the charity. And I I guess we saw you one Friday night here fairly recently, and and it came up somehow, and yeah. uh, just this kind of light bulb moment that 
it'd be a good opportunity because we've been trying to get you know to talk to somebody from DAV for a while, but they're busy, and uh, yeah. you know it's it's nice to get to to talk to somebody with some firsthand experience. I reckon. Yeah, the the DAV is great. I've been I'm a lifetime member of Disabled American Veterans. Not only just because I I am disabled, I have multiple sclerosis and a bunch of other service connected disability stuff, but when I was retiring from the military before I actually joined the DAV, a DAV uh, national officer is the one that actually processed my VA claims. And that's just one of the things that they do, which is a huge uh, undertaking because when they took my medical records, it was about three to four inches thick and they go through every single page of it to make sure that everything is annotated for the VA. So it's a, the DAV does a lot of stuff. That's just one aspect of that they do that I'm staying in touch with. So, so, and we've, we've talked about this on the podcast before it was, it was a long time ago, but we actually have a member of our league, Andy Patton, that you served with. Um, I believe that was during desert storm. If I remember what he said correctly, but uh, I guess take, take a few minutes and just tell us a little bit about your service. Well, I started when I was 19 back in 1987 and I started enlisted as a crew chief, so I was actually an aircraft mechanic because I needed to be able to pay for college. And you and I went to the same university there, Preston. So I went to VCU, but I needed to help pay for it. So I went enlisted into the reserves to help pay for school. Did the five-year plan, you know, because I was really uh, burning the candle at both ends. You know what I mean? So the five-year plan, I got my degree, and then I wanted to fly uh, jets for the Air Force. And you have to have a four-year degree to be a flyer. So I uh, did my four-year degree and went and talked to the Navy, decided I didn't want to be on a boat. Uh, the Marine Corps wouldn't guarantee me that I wouldn't fly helicopters. I go, don't want to do that. <laughs> Army doesn't have airplanes. I don't really care. So the Air Force <laughs> said, um, hey, we'll send you the training. And my reserve unit had already said that if I wanted to go fly F-16s, that they'll uh, push, put me to flight school. Well, that was a no-brainer. I'm going to go fly F-16s. Absolutely, I'll do that. So. My uh, Virginia Air National Guard that was in Richmond, Virginia, had F-16s, and they sent me to flight school and F-16 school, and it's about a two-year per a two-year process. Once you start flight school, and you go through officer training, flight school, and then F-16 school, and then there are all the other fun schools like uh, evasion, resistance, and escape training. You know, run around the woods, let people chase you. Uh, water survival, which actually is a lot of fun down in Florida, just look out for the sharks. Uh, you know. Stuff like that, which is actually a whole lot of fun. But then once I completed training, I was with the uh, Virginia Air Squad for a couple of years, but I was a part-time flyer, you know, flying once a week and then working another job. And I didn't want to do that anymore. So I asked if I could go active duty. The active duty Air Force said, sure, come on. We need some people. We let too many people out in 1991 after the Gulf War hit. So because everyone went to the airlines. So they said, come on back. We'll let you, uh, we'll let you fly. And, um, We'll let you go fly an F-16, your choice. Hey, fly an F-16 at Cannon Air Force Base in New Mexico or at Kunsan uh, Air Base in Korea. And I went, man, I really don't want to go to Korea. So I went, okay, I'll fly an F-16 at Cannon Air Force Base. They go, great, you're going to go to Korea. So <laughs> um, my first active duty assignment was to uh, Air Force, the Republic of South Korea, of course, at Kunsan Air Base. And I've, I was there for a year. And then... They asked me what I wanted to do next. I said, I don't know. Can I go to Aviano, which is in northern Italy? They said, 
if we do that, we got we have you have to incur a three year commitment for the Air Force. I said, okay, um, I'm game. They said, okay, great, go to the uh, go to Aviano. I went to Aviano for three years. Allied for Operation Allied Force kicked off in 1999. I was there for that, and where we kicked out Milosevic out of Serbia. Uh, I flew day one, actually mission one of that operation. Uh, and I actually got to chase down a MiG-29 that uh, ran from me before I had a chance to shoot him down. And a friend of mine shot him down. But then uh, 72 days later, I dropped, I don't know, about a million, almost a million pounds worth of ordnance um, during that conflict. And then after that assignment, uh, I got to go to Cannon Air Force Base in Mexico. So <laughs> I guess they weren't lying. They say you get your first choice. But anyway, um, I went to the Air Force, uh, United States Air Force Weapons School, got selected for that, which if people are kind of familiar, the Navy has Top Gun, which is about a three-month course. United States Air Force have what's called uh, Air Force Weapons School, which is a six-month course uh, where they take only somebody who's already been an instructor in the airplane, and you get you have to be selected to go. They graduate about 18 to 20 students a year, uh, obviously with only two courses, so I'm about one out of, I don't know, 600 uh, weapons school graduates in the F-16. Um, then I, when I was at Cannon, 9-11 happened. And then a year later, I got sent to Kuwait and kicked off the, the um, Iraqi Freedom War uh, in March of 2003. We knew we were gonna ha- it was going to happen. We just didn't know when. So they sent me in December of 2002 and said, get ready. We don't know when it's going to happen. And I got to stay through almost the beginning of May of 03. And again, flew um, mission one of Iraqi freedom, flew about 30 combat missions or so there uh, in about a, oh, from March, beginning of March until the end of April. And then uh, went on to be an operational test pilot station in Florida, station in Las Vegas, and then still traveled a bunch, went to the command staff. And I was a staff officer for a couple of years working on the F-22 and the F-35. And then I uh, finished my career in Florida as a squadron commander with doing electronic warfare. And all I know about is what electronic warfare is. I have a switch that was down here on my left side of my console that turned on a jamming pod that kept me alive. But they said, you're qualified. And I went and became a commander, which really I just took care of people more than anything else. And then 2000, February 1st, 2012, I retired after 25 total years. And now I'm working for a defense contractor uh, at Langley Air Force Base in Virginia so, doing so, doing simulator work. So you, you've done a little bit, I guess. Yeah, just I've done a couple things. I got a little things on the wall back here behind me, you know, yeah. stuff like Noted, that. Yeah, I noticed I noticed a nice backdrop there. That's for yeah. sure. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, if, if you if you ever find yourself there, Roger, it's not just that wall. It's it's, it's pretty awesome. Oh, yeah? It's pretty cool. I, I got to give credit to my wife, though. She's the one that did all of it. I had all this stuff in boxes and everything. The entire, all four walls are covered with memorabilia from my 25 years of service. And she did all of it. Otherwise, they'd still be in boxes in a closet. So we'll, we'll take a quick sidebar just, just because you, you mentioned Ginger. Yeah. Uh, she has actually raced before. She uh, did, yeah. She she did sprint cars when she was younger. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. She was. Sure on, if, if I'm not mistaken, she was on asphalt, but she was out. Yeah. Uh, out in Las Vegas, right? Yeah, out in Las Vegas, sure was. Yeah. She also did drag racing at the same time. Yeah. So, so maybe maybe we're interviewing the wrong person this week. Pretty appropriate. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to have her back. Sound on. like it. But yeah, she's a lot better to look at on camera too. <laughs> so so. Uh, I guess uh, back to DAV a little bit. I, I mean, obviously, we're we're raising funds through GoFundMe. Is there is there 
and, and if you know or if you don't, it's fine. But um, is there a ways people can get involved with that outside of just making a donation or? Oh, yeah. Well, I know on the DAB website, if you DAB.org, uh, there is a thing where you can actually volunteer. Because one thing that a lot of people recognize the DAB for is they have vans that will take veterans to uh, doctor's appointments, usually at the VA and things like that. And they're always looking for volunteers to do that sort of thing to help drive, but also just to interact with veterans. Also, or they need help at home. There's a lot of volunteer services that they ask for on via their website. And as you you probably already know this too. I mean, they they are a big. Uh, I hate to use the word lobbyist. They're big in on Capitol Hill for veterans too, not just as a reactionary force, but a proactive force to make sure veterans are looked after, especially when it comes to the VA or any sort of legislation that's come down to support veterans, support veterans that need help, especially after all the conflicts they've been involved in and uh, uh, with all the medical stuff that's now going on. You, you, they've been pushing a lot to make sure veterans are getting their just dues. Awesome. I was... Uh... I was uh, um, I, I can't remember uh, the lady's name now. Uh, she's uh, she's in the, in the forces and she works for uh, disabled American veterans. Uh, contacted us because uh, you know they had caught wind that we were doing this fundraiser. But in our conversation, um, this really blew me away. She said that for every dollar collected or donated, uh, it's equal to forty dollars. Nice. So. Uh, and just when you're saying about what they lobby for and everything else, I'm I'm sure it's tied in with that. Like, you know, I've heard of, of different things where, you know, for every dollar, the, there's $3 raised or right. equivalent. But I've never heard a number like this, $40, which is phenomenal. So, like, and I, I did a little blurb today, Preston, uh, um, uh, just to, to promote this thing. And I, I was talking about that. Like a $10 donation, it's, it's like $400. So they've they've obviously been very very effective in uh, you know raising you know for fundraising and, and uh, uh, supporting the veterans for sure. It's uh, yeah they do they, cool. they're involved in uh, not only helping veterans obtain jobs outside of the service, but also helping with scholarships with educational money for veterans, and I believe also some for veterans families too. So. And they have a large scope. I mean, they've been around since 1920, so they've uh, they've been knee deep in helping veterans with all aspects, not just you know the, what most people see, which is going to the hospital or getting VA appointments done. No. So, so on on top of all of this, and and your work through DAV, and and obviously a, a pretty illustrious career, you've started up a little bit of a, a, a small business. Do you want to do you want to plug that? Oh, of course. I, I'm. I'm a certified personal trainer. When I, when I, here's a little backstory to this, which is makes, it's very important. When I retired in 2012, I had a lot of friends that had already retired. I got friends fly for the airlines. And so I've noticed them after they retired that being an F-16 pilot, you know, you have to maintain some sort of, you know, health status, you know, because the airplane, the airplane can kick your butt. It hurts. I mean, it compresses you and things like that. But my friends after they retired seem to not worry about that anymore. And when I retired, I went, I'm okay. I'm going to, I'll say this as nice as I can. I didn't want to get fat because I saw a lot of my friends get that way. And they just didn't, they, they just lost it and didn't care anymore. So in 2013, I went through a career school to learn about uh, nutrition and um, fitness training and everything else. And then went through the national council on strength and fitness and got my certification as a personal trainer. Subsequently, over the last eight years, I've gained my certification as a strength coach and also 
a uh, certification through the NCSF as a sports nutrition specialist. So with that, I, I was doing some personal uh, one-on-one training when I was still in Las Vegas, stationed out or working out there as a contractor. But now because of just COVID and things, the online trainings seem to be becoming a big thing. So on Facebook, I have Center of Gravity uh, Fitness Forever, which is my page that uh, people can contact me on or just you want to talk fitness, uh, you can talk there or Charles.Davis or Charles Davis, not a dot Davis uh, on just Facebook for my personal account. You can talk to me about fitness there, but also I'm on Instagram and it's Digger F16 on Instagram because, you know, I like my airplane <laughs> and I talk fitness on that side too. But I'm providing uh, online personal training programs customized to the person for what they're trying to do, lose weight, gain strength, lose weight and gain strength and also to eat better. So it's a customized personal training uh, program, not just for working out, but really for nutrition, because nutrition is the 80 percent part of the equation. 20 percent is working out. 80 percent is what you shove down your throat. And uh, 75 percent, this is a CDC stat, and I'm not big on the CDC right now. But anyway, the CDC stat says that uh, 75 percent of Americans, I don't know about Canada, 75 percent of Americans are uh, overweight, which includes obesity. And about obesity rate itself is around about 30%. And that's so two out of three Americans are overweight. And that's not, and you want to talk about health issues and things like that. COVID-19 hits you uh, and you already say you have any overweight's a big deal. So I can help people with their health status. And you know, I'm not talking about being a bodybuilder or being a fitness model. I'm talking about overall health, just to be healthy. That's, that's my big motivation. You know, if you want to look good, hey, what I'm going to show you is going to help you look good. That's just going to happen regardless. I mean, take Preston, for example. Dude, the guy's a stud. I mean, look at it. You know? I mean, it's not much more I can... just lost all credibility. There's not much more I can do to help him out, you know? I might be able to refine a couple things, but, you know, but he's got the youth on his side. At me, at 53, almost 54, and having MS, and having severe arthritis, and dealing with the other aspects of everybody's life, I... I like to think that I am the perfect example for just an everyday person and what you can do and what you can accomplish because that's, I took everything I learned and applied it to myself so people can see that, Hey, if I can do it with all my busy aspects then you can do it too. And that, and the personal training side comes from a military background too, because it's a motivation thing. And when, before I went to the service and this again is a little bit of a sidebar, I was told that I wouldn't be an F-16 pilot. My dad or Preston's uh, grandfather uh, his papa was always all for it. He was a big influencer of mine. He says, whatever you want to do, you put your mind to it and do it. And I had so many people saying, you'll never make it. It's too hard. Nobody does it. And I went, what? That doesn't make any sense. Other people have done it. Why can't I do it too? So I went, I guess the I'll say rags to riches story because I didn't go to the Air Force Academy. You know, I wasn't given anything. I come from, I'll say, you know, humble background. And I, I paid for school. I went enlisted first, went to the officer's side and retired active duty. So I went the opposite direction that most <laughs> yeah. people go. So there's my motivation from the military side into the personal training side, which also covers me under the DAV side, because I want other people, just because you got a, a D label associated with you as a veteran, doesn't mean you're disabled completely. It's just a label that might get you a really cool license plate, you know, and you don't have to pay as much at the DMV. But I don't know any veteran that is disabled, uses that as their 
moniker to introduce themselves. I don't. Well, I have to tell you, you probably have just opened up the floodgates because I've had the privilege of meeting a few of our, our, our league members, and most of them have yeah. let themselves go. So I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going to get a few messages here and there. Well, I, you know, I personally, I will be following up, you know, like uh, COVID. Um, that was terrible. We were going to the pool every day before, and uh, and uh, then we, we started walking during COVID, but then that kind of stopped. And we just, veg like we aged, literally aged, you know, in our chairs over the last two years. And now back at the pool and, you know, trying to, you know, eat right and, and undo all the bad things I did to myself. <laughs> And uh, I'll be checking out your site for sure, man, because all, all those things you're saying are ringing in my ears because it's the things that I've been talking to myself in my head about, you know, I, I need to be doing these things because uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be, you know, old and just sitting in a chair. It's just, there's yeah. a time for that maybe, but not yet. So yeah, um, just DM me and ask me questions, whatever. I mean, I'm welcome to talk yeah. to anybody that wants so to know what, more. What was that Facebook page again? The Facebook page is Center of Gravity, and I think it, also it says Digger CPT, and uh, you can search for that, either one. Uh, I'm also on Facebook. This is Charles Davis, and it has a really nice picture of me and my wife on there. If you go to Center of Gravity, you'll see me uh, with a T-shirt on that says Embrace the Suck, because that's how most people look at, at fitness and nutrition, because they hate it, you know, <laughs> so you got you to embrace it. That's all you can do. That's, that's awesome, man. And just to go back a bit, you, you're talking about those missions you flew, uh, 30 in basically like 60 days. Like every other day you're flying a mission. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. There was, um, during Kosovo, uh, that was 72, that was 72 days. And I was flying just about every other day. And those missions were anywhere from two hours to eight hours long. And it could be um, me uh, going going in country, maybe dropping a couple bombs or finding targets and then going back to a tanker out of the Adriatic, getting more gas, going back in to country, finding more targets. I was all, I'm also, when I was flying, I was a Ford air controller airborne. So I actually controlled other fighters uh, in the air. I would find targets and then direct them to the targets and then direct their engagement on those targets. So I would do that. And then we also were running what's called uh, combat air patrols in Bosnia to make sure the Serbs didn't jump over the border to go and do something to Bosnia like they had done in the mid nineties. And uh, one mission I was dropping bombs at one point and then I was getting gas and then they, um, the control called me and said, Hey, the guys that were flying the combat air patrol in Bosnia had an emergency and they had to leave. Can you go and fill the, uh, combat air control cap i went sure so because we're we're flying with bombs but also air to air ordnance you know missiles and stuff like that so then i go over to the combat air patrol cap and fly that for about four hours and then once once i landed the mission itself i think was a total of about 7.8 hours long total and uh and it was only scheduled to be about four in Iraq, most of the missions were about one and a half hours to about two and a half hours, depending on where I was flying in Iraq. I probably got shot at more in Kosovo than I did in Iraq, maybe because we had knocked down so much stuff in Iraq before that. But in Kosovo, if you got anywhere close to Serbia, they just unleashed. Uh, and it was it was like you saw on TV when you had reporters on the ground with night vision goggles looking out across the town. Stuff was just flying through the air. That's what it looked like. Uh, when I, I'm flying around at night with night vision goggles on, that's exactly what it looked like. 
and, and Roger, I don't know if you'll remember this. Um, he was sharing back maybe maybe six months ago or a little bit more. He was sharing some of his stuff from your your flight journal. Yeah. And so I was yeah. sending them to our team because they at the, at the time actually I think it was right around one of our veterans charities. So I sent it over and just said, "Hey, check this out if you want to read it." And it got yeah. to the point where everybody was waiting for the next one to come out. So we would all read them and send them out, and it was <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Well, first, I'll just have to I'll just have to email you uh, my two my two journals themselves. I mean, they're they're typed out; they're on soft copy. I'll just email them to you. Oh, that'd be awesome! Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah, that, that you did. It, yeah, we've got we've got uh, several Air Force guys uh, in the league. You know, I'm thinking of Andy, Dan Blau, uh, Bob the Good, uh, and I know that there's a few more that I can't think of right now. But um, no, it's a uh, it's a certainly a band of brothers, and um, yeah, it's a. Uh, how far do you live from Preston? About forty, about forty-five minutes. Okay, that I gotta add that to the the trip agenda. Then uh, Preston is. Oh yeah, we're. Oh, yeah, I we're thought you close. were gonna suggest he comes up and runs the veterans race. <laughs> well, no, that or or yeah, but and his wife runs ladies' night. You know, sounds yeah. like she's got a real good chance. I so I'm interested now. Does your wife have a room similar to that of uh, sprint car trophies? Or no, 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 no. She doesn't. You know, she she did that when she was a teenager, you know, or, or later in her teens when she did it. And I don't. I've seen pictures, and but she doesn't have any like trophies and stuff around here. Um, if she's got them, they might be at her dad's house or something. I don't know. Yeah, Preston, you need to lean on her a bit, get her to come out and race. With oh, the she boys. likes she to give it. advice. I'll, I'll tell you that. She, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, she watches this because Ginger, Ginger, and I like to poke at each other. So, uh, oh so, yeah, they do. They she, really. She do. likes to offer advice, and so, sometimes it's not necessarily solicited advice. So yeah, but that's <laughs> that's usually after we've already been at Don Pedro's for a little while. Yeah, that's true. That's true. A couple beers down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I really appreciate you personally. I really appreciate you coming on, but it's uh, I, I'm I'm glad you're able to come and share some more information about DAV because it's yeah. I, I think you know you can you can look it up, but it's nice to hear from someone who's got some experience working with them in in yeah. both directions. And I really appreciate you. Uh, yeah, absolutely, great organization, and uh, highly recommend if you can just go and just support them. Uh, that's great, and I just hope everybody remembers this Thursday's Veterans Day. Absolutely. Uh, I'm also a VFW member and also an American Legion member, and I'll be handing out poppies this Saturday up in Williamsburg, Virginia, for uh, Veterans Day weekend. Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's good to know that there's some Americans know about the poppies because I know I've been yeah, in that's right. some places and uh, people don't really know what you know that part of it's about. But yeah, it's all good all the way around as long as we all show our respect. That's for sure. Absolutely. Um, Digger, it's been a privilege talking to you seriously. And uh, thank you. Thank you for uh, what you've done. Thank you for your service. Um, you know, we really, really do appreciate. It. We wouldn't be doing all the fun stuff that we do if it wasn't for guys like you. So uh, yeah, well, thanks yeah. for letting thanks for letting me talk. You know, because Preston knows that I can talk for hours if you let me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. All right. Well, thanks a lot, and uh, we'll uh, we'll catch you guys back here again next week for episode fifty four. Thanks a lot, guys.